Hi, this is Chad Dull. Welcome to the fourth in a series of podcasts that I'm making documenting the evolution of our division at my college into the most poverty-informed division we can make it. The article I want to share with you today was written in August of 2018 and was inspired um, by a very personal interaction I had with a student uh, that came right before attending a conference called Real College in Philadelphia. Uh, that I was very excited about going to. And then, as so often happens, something very timely happened that reminded me why it was extra important. Uh, Some of these articles are a little more on the motivational side than the informational side, and I I think this one falls into that category, Um, although it does talk about the things that we're doing. But I'm a big believer in why we do what we do. I think we have to remind ourselves and others of why this work to combat poverty is so important. And this was one of those days. So today's article is called Poverty Informed Practice in Higher Education. Success Achieved with Help is Success. I'm thrilled that I will be attending the real college convening at the end of September in Philadelphia. I'm very excited to go and learn what others are doing and share the work happening in my division and college. This trip seems incredibly timely after a story I heard recently on campus in a program we lead for at-risk youth learning work readiness skills and earning high school credentials and college credit at the same time. We know that our students in this program have immense barriers to success and are often taking heroic steps to try and improve their economic reality and the future story for themselves and their families. In that environment, it's no surprise that staff regularly share food with students, and recently one staff member brought in pizza for a day of celebration. All of this seems very standard, until I tell you about the response of one young man. He declined the food, and when pressed to say why, he responded that he didn't want his body and brain to get used to eating. I've been doing this work a long time and I've heard stories of students sleeping in cars to save commuting costs, couch surfing to save on rent, and endless other stories of barriers to success. But this one floored me. This young man lived in a food insecure world and was so insightful that he was afraid if he took part in a random celebration it would make his life worse, not better. Besides making me sad, I can't actually stop thinking about it. I am struck by the resilience and discipline of this young man. What a decision to have to make. I recently read a great article in The Atlantic about the folks at Amarillo College. There was much wisdom in it, but the line that stuck with me was President Russell Lowry Hart's quote, It isn't enough. We're not doing enough. We have to do more. I've mentioned Amarillo as one of my inspirations before, but the connection between that quote and the young man afraid to eat has stayed with me for the two weeks since I heard his story. So what can we do? Identifying what stops students from succeeding isn't complicated from my point of view. We in higher education seem to have an inclination to make the routine look impossible. But it's fairly simple to understand that hunger impedes learning as does unstable housing, poorly running vehicles, family pressures, and the other myriad effects of poverty. Students have barriers unrelated to poverty, at least not directly related, but we have some ability to do things directly about poverty. We can advocate for structural changes that make full bellies a basic human right, 
such as free lunch programs modeled on successful K-12 efforts. We can try innovative food scholarships like they have at Houston Community College. We can do smaller efforts, like food pantries on campus, the proliferation of which is both inspiring and indicative of a crisis we do not fully acknowledge yet. I'm proud to say our campus has a student-led food pantry, but it's just a band-aid on a bigger problem, in my opinion. As my division strives to become more poverty-informed and actively combat poverty's attack on our students' learning, we are going to fight at the macro and micro level. We have invited our local workforce agency into an office in our area to be directly available to work with students eligible for Workforce Innovation and Opportunity Act WIOA funding, as well as Food Share Employment and Training FSET, funding. The vast majority of our students are eligible for some help, but often don't know it or avoid it due to stigma. We also invite in our local Supplemental Nutrition Assistance Program, SNAP, provider as well. You cannot learn effectively if you are hungry, but we must do more. Hunger is not a problem solved by outsourcing or referrals alone. Our staff must grow more knowledgeable about resources and comfortable discussing, sharing, and facilitating access to them. I recently saw a slide from a speech by Dr. Sarah Goldrick Rabb, and I think it said something like, you don't have to be a social worker, but you better know one. These things are not complicated. They are just hard. So tomorrow, I will go to Walmart and bulk purchase granola bars and trail mix and they will sit in my lobby for anyone who wants them. And when they are gone, I will buy more. That is my personal commitment. Let me tell you why. When my parents divorced in the mid-1970s, my mother moved us into a house that didn't have plumbing. The landlord gave her a choice between installing a shower or a toilet. She chose shower, so we had an outhouse for two formative years of my childhood. Mom was determined not to stay in that situation, and she worked hard and went back to school. But we had help. I remember what food stamps looked like, and I remember what government cheese tastes like. Those things helped, and they worked, and my mother lifted us from poverty as the years went by. We must normalize help and destigmatize it. Almost everyone needs help at some point. Success that comes with help is called success. No one should have to train their body not to eat. Let's get to work.